Welcome, everybody, to the Pew Pew Panel Podcast. I'm Dalen Schaefer, a.k.a. Civilian Tactical. We have Ava Flanell with us, and I'm doing the intro today because last time she ran me right over with her dog, Peaches, who's also <laughs> with us if you're watching on YouTube. Which, if anyone, you know, for those who are listening, uh, I did ask Dalen to do the intro because I'm like, I feel really bad. I feel like I spent a lot of time talking about my dog. And then we finally got to you, and I don't want him to think that I was being mean. So, <laughs> also, Dalen, you're in luck today because I just got back from California last night, and I think I'm getting sick. Um, I'm not giving into it yet, but I have like a sore throat, runny nose, and uh, so you're in luck because you get to do majority of the talking this show. Also, thank you for setting me up for failure because you told me to take. What was it? Some sort of decongestant? Some, some good old Sudafed. That'll uh, decongest you. Yeah. So that made my nose a waterfall. So I'm, ser- I'm, I'm here. I'm sick. Got my good old hefty tea. I got plenty of hot water. If you can't see, I just showed a uh, like a big hot kettle with water on the video. And then I got my trusted tissues here. So I might have to mute myself a few times. Just letting you guys know that. We're good to rock and roll. The beauty of Sudafed, you won't sound sick even if you feel sick. So <laughs> let's jump into the show. And Ava, if you want to give us the send-off with Manticore, who is one of our sponsors. Absolutely. So Manticore Arms, um, right now they have their limited edition. It's the Swedish M90 Camo Slings. They also have their standard colors as well, which is like Wolf Gray, ODG, FDE, and Black. And I just got some in the mail and we actually have some pretty good news because we're going to be giving some away, uh, which will we'll tell you some details at the end of the show. But in the meantime, if you want to get a sling or any of the other great products that Manicore makes, head on over to manicorearms.com. Don't forget to use the code pewpew15 and that's going to get you 15% off your entire order. And so I actually just picked up a couple of those slings. I put one on my, actually, I have it right here. It's really nice. It's a nylon. It's all nylon, so it doesn't have the metal hooks and loops. I mean, you can hook it on with metal loops if you want to, but I'm actually really enjoying it. Super adjustable. So I'm going to have to give you guys a review on that one once I take it back from the range. And today we're going to be doing something pretty interesting. So for anybody listening... You're just going to have to listen to me describe what I'm holding up here. It's a big black box, and it is actually my 1 million subscriber play button. I haven't opened it yet. So we're going to open this up midway through the podcast. You guys are going to see us pop this out. But this is going to be a really fun one, so stick around for that. And, of course, we are going to be getting into our Would You Rather questions. These are some crazy questions. They come from you guys. They come from us sometimes. But they're just wacky questions. Some of them are serious. Some of them are crazy. Send yours to pewpewpanel at gmail.com or drop them in the comments. So either one will work. If you're listening, you can email us. If you're watching on YouTube, you can just drop. Would you rather a high point for self-defense or a derringer for self-defense? Which would you pick, Ava, if your life depended on it? If you had to trust your life to a high point or a derringer, which would you pick? That is a tough one because derringers don't have any reliability issues that I'm aware of, but you're limited to obviously rounds and reloading isn't very quick. Um, On the other hand, though, I know I bashed high point. I think it was the last show or the first show. 
that said, I've actually heard some good things about High Point. Like it's it's hit or miss. Some people are like, oh, it's total crap. You know, I couldn't even get around to cycle. And then I've heard other people that are like, I have a High Point and, you know, they know what it is. Like they just, it's it's a gun that could, you know, take the, the abuse and it still fires and they haven't cleaned it after, you know, thousands of rounds and it still fires. Um, so I think I would go with a High Point. And especially yes. if it's like, if it's the Yeet Cannon model, then I'm sold. Yeah, and they have their new 10 mil, which I haven't seen any like reliability issues from anybody. The interesting thing, the first time I shot a High Point, it jammed like every other round and it was horrible reliability. And that just gave me like a tainted taste in my mouth for High Point. And then I thought back to the High Point I shot. It was one that somebody had spray painted gold. And they had torture tested it by dragging it behind their truck. So maybe I was a little bit quick to judge the reliability of it. And maybe, in fact, it survived a torture test and still kept shooting. So, you know, maybe there's two sides to, yeah. to that high point coin. Which, have you ever wondered, like, how does somebody, how is that a torture test? You dragging it behind a truck? Like, when is that going to happen in real life? And well, I it's understand like it's in a self-defense situation and uh, I'm trying to like invent a crazy scenario where your gun gets dragged behind your truck, but I, I or it, it falls down a cliff and then you jump down that cliff to get your gun and you're like, cool, it still works. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, if your gun has to go through that, I don't think you're making it out of what <laughs> yeah. I know. So that's why I, I just have to wonder, like some of these torture tests are like, we ran over it with a truck or we ran over it with a tank and it still fires. Like what kind of torture testing is that? When is that going to happen? So I don't know. One, the tank one might be more, uh, more feasible, but uh, yeah. Or another I, person, I know I knew somebody who um, came out with these magazines and this guy wrote an article about it. And he was like, I even washed the magazines in a dishwasher and it turns out they didn't work afterwards. And it's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it would be different if it was like, yeah, we immerse it in water, but to put it through an entire cycle through the dishwasher. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is, is water is going to be different because they have like oils that's on the metal. And yeah. Put it through the dishwasher. You're stripping like everything down to the non-stainless steel parts and then you leave it. Yeah. Ugh. I know. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I guess... Anytime somebody gives you a review, just be like, what kind of torture test did we do? Is it, you know, is it like realistic? Eva, this gives me an idea. I think we need to torture test a high point by putting it through a dishwasher. And funny <laughs> enough, I'm going to be getting some high points for some uh, videos that I'm doing. And that actually sounds like a great idea. So I don't know if that's smart, though. I mean, I feel like that dishwasher would be dead to me after I washed a high point. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, and, so uh, maybe we I, don't I, do that. <laughs> yeah, well, it still sounds like a fun idea. Maybe if I'm ambitious enough, I'll uh, get a dishwasher dedicated just for it. But there you go. I still haven't answered the question, and I think I would go with a Derringer just because my experience with high points. And I think that's going to change... I know it's going to change just because from what I've seen people doing with high points, but just the experience I've had, I think I would go with a Derringer and you can get some really big rounds in some of these Derringer pistols. And that's sort of what you would have to do. I would think if you're going to go with a Derringer because you don't have as many rounds to follow up with just in case, um, you pretty much have one extra round in case you miss 
Um, mm-hmm. And for anybody unfamiliar, you know, the Derringers are sort of like the brake barrel that you put two rounds in and you close it up and they have a horrible grip. So that's sort of what Derringers are known for. Um, but I think I would go with the Derringer. I really want to try the high point 10 millimeter. I know that would change my mind as well, but I haven't yet. Yeah. So I'll just go with what I know. Okay. All right. So next question is, if you got any gun in the world and no stops for free, what would it be? And Dalen, I'm going to have you go first. Uh, what I would pick now, the problem is the ammo to go with it. I'm just going to pretend the ammo is included. But there's no, yeah, I'm like no stops, no, you know, just like the gun that you've always wanted and you, everything comes along with it. Yeah, now this is going to be the equivalent of like me saying I want an AK-47 because the gun category I'm about to pick, I have no I have no knowledge of, but I would pick a backpack minigun. I feel like that would just be the coolest thing ever. I know they jam if you don't like run them perfectly. I know that it's the most illogical thing in the entire world, but part of me just thinks it would be so cool to be able to sling like hundreds of thousands of rounds downrange out of a backpack minigun. So I, I think that's what I would pick, but I don't know enough to even say like a model that exists. Like what specific? So. Yeah, that makes sense. So, okay, I'm going to take this kind of a different route. So I looked up, I recently, like right before the show started, and I saw this question and I quickly Googled, okay, what is the most expensive gun? And in 2021, a Colt revolver sold for over $6 million. And it was the revolver that was used to shoot Billy the Kid, I guess, in 1881. So that's how much this gun auctioned for. So I would pick that gun. Granted, I would have to have a buyer, but I'm assuming that, okay, we can settle for $5 million instead of, you know, if it doesn't sell for $6 million. And then I could buy whatever guns, plural, that I would want. And within uh... that gun, I don't know if you've seen this. It's, to my knowledge, it's fairly new. I haven't seen it around... Um, uh, up until I guess I'm like maybe the last year or two, uh, but it's a Dylan Arrow. I wrote this down. It's an M134D, and it's kind of like a refined mini gun. And if you haven't uh, seen it, I would highly recommend looking at it. I mean, it just—I think it was the the owner of Dylan. He uh, created this, and it just looks beautiful. And so you're picking what I picked plus a whole bunch of other guns. Well, I mean, initially I'm picking the Colt revolver. <laughs> Never in my entire life would I think like, oh, I need that revolver. That would be my number one choice. But if it's going to sell for a few million dollars, heck yes, that's what I'm picking. I sell that and then I get whatever guns I want, including that arrow, that Dylan arrow. And then I would probably get like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that I would get that. I mean, the MP7 is always something that I've always wanted that obviously we can't get here in the U.S. Uh, so stuff like that. That is not a bad pick. I've seen some really cool guns like that, and I don't know where that mm-hmm. one sold specifically, but I don't know if you've ever seen the Rock Island Auction Company who they yes. like old guns. Mm-hmm. I don't, is that is that where that one sold, do you know? Uh, that I didn't have time to look into it, but I would imagine because every gun that I know that has just like, I mean, sold for a ton of money, it is Rock Island auction that does it. And I know one of the guys that works there, I had him on my other podcast 
And it's just incredible. Like some of these shotguns that are really old and they have like all these beautiful like inlay, you know, like in the, uh, the silver, I'm assuming, um, I mean, it's sold for so much and it's crazy that there's people out there that would pay this much. Like if I had to spend, I mean, even I was like, well, what does this shotgun go for? And he was like, that's like 50,000. Could you imagine spending 50,000 on a shotgun? And, and I was like, do they use it? Like, are these, you know, and, and then I think he was also saying, I want to say Italy, but don't quote me, but in other countries, that's kind of the norm for people to spend in it. Like, a large amount of money on one shotgun and that's like their go-to gun. And instead of buying multiple guns, they spend, you know, and it's just like a beautiful piece of work, like a piece of art. And that's what they use for like hunting and stuff. Yeah. And and I've seen some of those, they look absolutely gorgeous. And I think, I think it's just, yeah, more of like a cultural thing. It's like, you'd rather have one really nice gun than 20, whatever guns I'm definitely more of the 20 budget guns kind of right <laughs> some of the, you know me you know me too. Yeah. I like yeah I like the cheap stuff but I bought for anybody who's wondering go go participate in an auction a gun auctions are a ton of fun um, you don't have to have a ton of money I you know you can do them for as little as 500 uh, you know you can always find some cool stuff. Rock Island, they usually do the really fancy stuff, but once a year they do stuff that's just like the whatever. Uh, that we could the, afford. <laughs> yeah, the guns you and me could afford. So I've done some stuff with them, and yeah, they, they do a lot of fun stuff. Um, but yeah, a lot of really fancy guns. Pieces of history. Like, they're auctioning off museum pieces. Yeah. But the cool thing about these guns is they usually go to private collectors because that's those are the people who want them. Mm-hmm. All right, third. Our last, last would you rather. Yep, we got our last would you rather. Would you rather a full-size staccato for your carry gun or a Glock 19? I thought this question was a little weird because a Glock 19 isn't that far off from being full-size in my opinion. Obviously, you know, Glock 17 or like with all the other new Glock models that just came out and I'm like, great, there's more numbers for me to remember, but... To my, I mean, the Glock 19, okay, it's like, it's kind of, you know, in the mid range, but to me, it still feels very close to a full size. Um, and I also don't really have any experience with staccato. Although one thing that I think just, I love to see is like people air racking the staccato. Have you seen that? I've seen it. Uh, apparently I'm not strong enough to do it or I haven't tricked out a gun well enough to be able to do it but i've tried um it looks have you really you've tried to air rack it so you've Uh, tried it and you haven't been able to yeah it was a range gun though it wasn't newly cleaned or oiled this is all my excuses for being weak um yeah (laughs) i couldn't at the range so but i won't i won't lie i have tried okay yeah as well when it comes to air racking that i'm unfamiliar with I know it's like you have one round with no rounds behind it. It makes it easier to like pick it up and you clean it and you oil it. And I don't know what people do, all the stuff people do with yeah. the tricks out there. I know. So what would you pick? Uh, you're right. They're pretty similar in size, but like, uh, I do think the Glock, I mean, if I'm going with like Ava logic, let me just pick the more expensive gun and then buy like four of the other one. Uh, <laughs> but this, but this specifically but... states for your carry gun. So it's not like you yes, could you sell it. Yeah. It's true. I think 
so like my my reaction is like I can shoot a staccato better. I like the way it feels. It just it feels really satisfying to shoot. Um, it would be more accurate. It could reach farther due to the trigger. But I think I would. Oh, it's so close because I'm not like a huge dude. If I was a huge dude, I'd just be like, let me take the bigger gun. And yeah. It matter. I am like exactly average height, average build. So it's not like I can hide it as easily. So I think I would go for the Glock and I would go for the Glock as well, just because I'm carrying it every day. And so I just would take that little bit of extra comfort because it's something I would be more likely to carry if it's more comfortable. And then I would just deal with the Glock trigger. I'm yeah. No fan of Glock triggers. I would just learn, practice, train with it and get good at it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I could actually, yeah, absolutely. I personally, I would go with staccato because it doesn't say for your concealed carry gun. It just says for your carry gun. So I would be that jerk who's open carrying. I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm bougie. Look at my full size staccato. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're going to open carry though. You might as well do it right. Yeah, it's only socially acceptable if it's a really cool gun. That's that is but, a very fair assessment. But then, of course, you know, I'd have to get one of those, like, ridiculous nylon holsters with a little strap or one of those leather holsters that I always teach students not to use. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I wouldn't use that. But you, yeah, you I feel like that just comes. Attention. Yeah. Well, I feel like that comes with the, like, that's typically what you see most people open carrying, right? Or those stupid holsters. Like, and I'm not really against leather, but typically leather just loses its retention really quickly. And then there's like nylon holsters where it's like, this fits every medium sized gun that has a little strap. Um, again, not a fan of that. And and then you also, if you do have that strap on your holster, you have to be extremely careful. Like when you're reholstering it, that that little strap doesn't come in contact with the trigger. Yeah. And you'd want some sort of like, I mean, a lot of, a lot of people who open carry, even like a law enforcement, they have like you have to do multiple movements in order to pull the gun out so that people aren't just like jumping on you, popping the strap off and taking your gun out. Yeah. Um, and definitely you don't want to just be carrying it without any sort of retention. Um, so yeah, if you are going to open carry, there is like a whole training. It's like how you say you don't like to train with a safe on a handgun or a safety. Sorry, mm -hmm. safe. Yeah. A safety on a handgun. Cause it's extra steps. If you are going to open carry, you may be eliminating the step of like pulling your shirt up to draw your firearm but now you're adding the extra steps of your attention for your holster. So, you know, there's pros and cons there. Absolutely. And now it's time for mail call, which we normally do in the beginning of the show, but you know, Dalen did the show notes. So here we are doing it halfway through the show. <laughs> I mean, regardless, it all gets, you know, Just it all gets you done on your feet. Yeah. Okay. So I have something really, um, really fascinating to show you guys. And hopefully many of you haven't seen it yet. But it's from Foxtrot Mike, and it is the model 102. But let me get the magazine for it, and I'm going to blow some lines. So notice how I'm going to rock and lock. Ta-da! All right, so for those who can't see, no, it looks like an AK. At first, it looks like an AR, and then you put the magazine in it, and you're like, that is really interesting. Is that 
an AK, and it actually is. It technically classifies as an AK that is chambered in 5.56. And then if you're familiar with Foxtrot Mic products, they have the uh, the charging handle on the side of the handguard, which just makes so much more sense. It's so much more intuitive because for me, it's not always easy just to hold this gun with like, you know, one hand or just like even, you know, charging that, that handle, the charging handle. Um, so it just makes it so much easier just to do from here as opposed to, especially when you're like locking it back and stuff. But yeah, I, I've shot it just recently. I brought it to the range and it shot really well. Um, also got a new optic, which is from Crimson Trace and it's called the HRO, which I don't have any experience with, but every time I see HRO, I think of like hero, you know, hero, but, um, hero. Yeah, hero. <laughs> and I, I like yeah. that setup because you don't see any military, new military guns. You do not see them with that rear charging handle because it is so awkward. Imagine keeping that shouldered. Like you can't, you can't charge an AR while it's like shouldered like you can with an AK. Granted, yeah. you do have to like flip it around, but you're going to see no modern military firearms. Now you guys let me know all the ones that I'm not thinking of, but like when they're presenting new designs to the military and they get accepted, I'm thinking the SIG. Um, MCX spear it has that charging handle on the left side and it's not something that's you it's something you can manipulate while it's on your shoulder rather I should say yeah so yeah. it's cool to see that design on there as well yeah and then also the best part is is Foxtrot Mike actually makes some pretty affordable stuff so we're not talking about like you're gonna spend like I mean, I would say like slightly over a thousand um, if you wanted to buy, you could even buy it in pieces, like just their complete upper, or if you want to do the the upper or the lower, put it together or a complete firearm. But um, from what I've seen in the past, you're looking at maybe 1100, 1200. And then if you look around, um, like for example, Rainier Arms, if you look around at like some of the stores like Rainier Arms, uh, Palmetto State Armory, I think they might sell it. Brownells. Um, who else am I trying to think? Uh, what's the optic company? Optics Planet. Primary no, Arms. Primary Arms. That's what I'm thinking of. Primary Arms, I know, sells it. So look out, be on the lookout for like sales as well. And I think you guys would be pretty fun, like pretty happy with it. And it's just, it's a different gun. So I don't know about you, but I always like having different things in my collection. I'm very partial to the AK platform, and if that means I can shoot, you know, five five six through it, that's mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. Absolutely. So, what did you so get? From, yeah, my mail call. I got a digi. I don't have it with me. I have one thing. We're gonna, let's open up the one million subscriber play button here because it technically came in the mail, so it's a good spot to do it. But I got a digi camo Canic SFT, and it's a white digi winter digi camo. That thing looks super cool. I just love it. The, the thing I normally don't like about white guns is cleaning them is sort of a pain because you get mm -hmm. like the carbon buildup on the barrel. But this one, I don't know, like just the design of the barrel, it doesn't really get on the paint, which is yeah. nice. Or I say paint, but you know what I mean? It doesn't really get dirty. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's a really cool looking gun. You guys have seen some videos that I actually posted probably where, um, you know, I use clips from this podcast and then I'll like show me shooting that gun. So it did come in a little while ago, but it was so much fun. I just wanted to share it anyway. And then of course we got this big boy here. So for anybody who is listening, it's essentially a big black box. It says YouTube 
and I have no idea what's inside besides the fact that it should be a golden play button. Can you imagine if it's not? And I it's know, just like wah wah wah. <laughs> it's like a it's like a it's like a mug. They're like, thank you for making yeah. videos. <laughs> All right. I I'm so excited. Um, yeah, it came from Society Awards, which makes all the YouTube plaques, so this should be it for the moment of truth. It has, like, this piece of foam on top, a letter that says, congratulations, and then a signed letter, which looks like it was printed. I feel so special. <laughs> and then this right here, if I can get it out, it's really wedged in here, but... Covered in plastic. Let's throw away the box. Um, wow. Golden play button. I think I can just go like this. Oh wow, uh, that's beautiful. For anybody that's listening, amazing. It's a big shiny piece of metal. So, yeah, I'm gonna have to put that up here on the wall uh, next to the 100,000. I see a lot of people shoot theirs, but uh, I don't think I could bring myself to do that. I know I'm a good. No. I don't know if I could do it. I know, right? Wow, that's amazing. So, um, I only have like, I think I have like, um, I don't know how many subscribers I have on my YouTube channel. I'm drawing a blank and I think it's the Sudafed, but it's either in the 40,000 or 60,000, something like that. But, um, so from my understanding, so you, you only get one when you reach past, like reach past a hundred thousand and then a million, there's nothing in between. Yeah, there's nothing in between a hundred thousand and a million, and then what's the bigger gap is you don't get anything between one million and ten million. So oh wow! You really gotta hustle if you want another one. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't know if I will ever get another one, but that's not you suffering. can't you can't have that attitude. You're like, okay, exactly. we're gonna make it happen, and we are getting well, you are getting the ten million one. Well, Ava, I think you could make it there too. I don't get know. Those, uh, YouTube, get those YouTube shorts ripping, and I think you'll... Yeah. Well, if anybody wants to follow me on YouTube, it's just Ava Flannel. Flannel, not spelt flannel. It's just one N, two L, so... Yes. And, uh, Ava, I promise I wasn't mistyping your name today when I was texting you to prepare for the show. I was using text-to-speech, and it called you Ava Flannel. <laughs> it's all right. I'm so used to it by now. It's whatever. I, I've joked in the past that I'm just going to come out with my own flannel brand, and then it'll fix everything. <laughs> it'll totally make it worth it. That is not a bad idea. And that brings us to our listener questions. You guys can submit these again, listener questions, at pewpewpanel at gmail.com. And the first one is actually for me. And then we have one for Ava as well. The question for me is, what videos do you want to try but have never done? This is, oh, this is, I could talk about this forever, but there are quite a few videos that I've wanted to try but have not done for, like, legal reasons. So you guys will see me doing giveaways at gun shops. Usually I pick employees, um, things of that nature. And then, you know, you have to do your paperwork and you have to follow all the laws as well. So there's like a lot to do there. I've always wanted to go around public and like give away a handgun. But unfortunately, there's a whole bunch of like legal uh, things that you have to work with in a video like that. Like you can't just pull out a gun, right? You can't just, it's called brandishing a firearm. You can't just like whip it out, right? You can't give it to the wrong person. You can't just give it to them. You still have to go get your paperwork done at the gun shop if you want to do it properly and safely. There are like so many issues, but the video I've wanted to do is just 
walking around and asking people if they want a free handgun and the first person that says yes, giving it to them. So maybe one day, but the logistics will be a nightmare to make sure it happens properly. I know, not to mention you're like, well, it turns out they can't pass a background check. Okay, what do we do? And also I think, so you would think like people automatically would say yes, but I also wonder how people who are anti-gun would react. And then also people that would just be like, this is too good to be true. And they'd be like, no, just get away from me, weirdo. And that's what it would be where I live, I think. Yeah. So that would definitely be interesting. Huh. Alternatively, I'll just have to find a customer at a gun shop and give them a gun. But then you run into the thing. It's like a lot of people who are into firearms also value their privacy. Yeah. So you don't want to just be like, yep, I got a That's true. all over the internet. So there's... So many like things that make it difficult. And I know there's a ton of people like you're probably listening to be like, I would take it. I would be in the video like no brainer. But there's so many little logistical things yeah. that make it hard. Not impossible, but hard. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Ava, the next question's for you. It's how did you get started in podcasting and, you know, in the gun industry, I think is kind of where they're coming from with that. Uh, so how did I get in the gun industry? How did I get started podcasting? Well, maybe do both. Cause I was assumed it was together. No, it wasn't. So I, I became a firearms instructor 10 years ago, but I only shot my first gun 11 years ago. And before that I was living in New York and, um, my parents owned a gun store. My mom was a firearms instructor and, um, I just never really cared for firearms. I never really cared to learn about them, which is kind of dumb. And I'm kind of like, I wonder why, like if I ever became a parent, I think it would be extremely important for my daughter, daughters or family to learn at least how to use a firearm. But my parents never pushed it. And then when I turned 18, went to school in New York city and lived there. Um, But my story is kind of sad in a sense, because um, I mean, it is sad because my mom, so she taught me how to shoot my first gun. I was a month short of my 25th birthday and uh, we were recording the TV show. And um, during that week, uh, that same week after I shot my first gun, my mom just had a few moments to just give me like a quick, you know, tutorial on, on what to do. And actually it was like really accurate. Like the camera guys were, they couldn't believe that it was my first time. Um, but the very last day that we were recording, uh, sadly an accident happened and my mom passed away and like my entire life changed so drastically. I moved back from New York to Colorado to be with my dad and, um, was determined to help with the family business and learn about guns. And then it was that same year that I realized like, there's not really a lot of resources for women to learn about guns. And so then I was like, well, maybe I'll become an instructor. Maybe I'll follow my mom's footsteps. And by doing so, it definitely made me feel a lot closer to my mom. Like there was things that she would do that didn't really make sense. Or I was like, oh, why are you getting all that stuff together and whatever. Um, So it made me feel closer to my mom too. And so I became an instructor, took a bunch of classes, became NRA certified and possibly everything I could possibly be certified in. And then uh, started my own business, Elite Firearms and Training. And I did that for five years. And then somebody asked me to be on their podcast. And I was on a podcast before I even knew what a podcast was. I thought it was like a YouTube channel. So I go on their podcast and it was like, hey, listeners actually really like you. Like maybe you want to come back a few times. And then after coming back on their podcast a few times, they made me a permanent panelist. 
and I was on that for like maybe a year, if that. Uh, it was kind of like a, it was just all guys, and I wasn't really a big fan of it. And then, so I left, and then, but I still kind of like missed the whole podcasting aspect, and just I'm very opinionated, and you know, so either forming my opinion about something, or reviewing something, or talking about something, or even interviewing somebody. So then I decided to start my own podcast and I'm going on, I think it's been five years and seven months or eight months now that I've been doing that. So that's how I started. But, um, looking back to when my mom passed away, um, I was really close with my mom. Like she was my best friend. I talked to her like five or six times a day, but I think it's important to know that like sometimes really crappy things happen in your life and you think it's the end of the world. And it is like, it's been extremely like something that I still deal with. Um, but I think it's important to know that like, you know, you could either sit there and be a victim or you could sink or swim. Like you could be a victim and sink, or you could swim and kind of, I guess, make the most out of a shitty situation. I feel like that's what I did. And the only thing that I really regret is like one losing my mom and I'd give it up in a heartbeat to have my mom back. But I also, it just sucks that like, she can't see me in like everything that I've accomplished since then. But, um, I know that she's still with me. Like I still feel her presence and stuff. So I just hope, you know, like one day we'll all meet again and my mom will just be like, wow, that's so crazy that you took this path and kind of, you know, like the same path that I took. Yeah. I think it's really cool that you're able to come closer to her by yeah. following some of the same things she she's done. And then I think she, like, She's blown away by everything that you've accomplished. I, and I, I think that that's the cool part. And I think it's just a testament as to like how great of a parent she was. Like we don't realize like how great our parents raised us until like they're not there. And then you you realize, you know, I think even even if they are still there, like things that they used to teach you when you're younger, and you're like, that doesn't make sense. That's who cares about that? And then you become older and you're like, well, that's why they taught me that. And I mean, my sister and I both, we've, you know, we've done well for ourselves considering like our mom was our everything. So I think it is ex an extreme testament as to like how great of a person and a parent she was. So it's really, and it's really cool to hear sort of the two sides of it, how you got into guns and then getting into the podcasting side, because I mean, that's what everybody knows you for is the podcasting um, and you're kind of sharing and interviewing other people in the industry, which has been really cool. So you, you've come way farther than, you know, a lot of people yeah. might stop at being an instructor. And then when it comes to sharing their opinion, it could be a little bit nervous because everybody's going to hear what you have to say. People will get mad at you. There'll be angry comments telling you things that you already knew. Yeah. Um, we experienced this recently, but it's just putting yourself out there. So it's cool to see that you weren't really afraid of that and you just went forward and did it. So that's really yeah. cool. All right. So next is, uh, let's talk about stag arms. So recently in California, I was just with Becky Yackley, who is also sponsored by stag and she is incredible. I'm so glad that I got to know her. We spent the last three days together and she's just, she's an incredible human being. Um, but we were talking about like the new stag arms, uh, rifles that just came out the spectrum and the different colors. And she said, she's seen them in person and she's like, yeah, they're beautiful. They're breathtaking. So I can't wait for us to get ours and just to kind of see it in person because I'm definitely getting like, I keep seeing it online. I'm like, Oh, that's just, it looks like a work of art. Um, but on that note, I also just recently looked at their website and as of today, which is Thursday, the show comes out uh, tomorrow, this Friday, 
So as of right now, I noticed that there are still the We the People, the like 4th of July series that they launched. There's still a few available. So there's one model of the AR-15. Everything else is sold out. And then there's quite a few of the AR-10s, Chamberlain 308. Uh, actually, don't quote me. It could also be like 6.5 Creedmoor and, and some of those. Um, but they still have those as well. So this is definitely one of those things that you want to jump on, especially if you're a collector, because they are only making, I want to say, and I don't quote me, I think they only made 300 or 500 of them. And once they're gone, they're gone. They're, they're no longer going to be available or reintroduced. But if you haven't seen it, really pretty, like just a nice sleek design. It's not red, white, and blue that you would think for 4th of July. Instead, it's black, white, and gray. And then it it reads We the People. And it's just really tastefully done. So check it out, stagarms.com. And, uh, and then also follow them on social media. And I saw actually the gun, not the We the People gun in person. I saw the gun they're going to be sending you in person at a local gun store. These guys, the guys at the gun store are like, yeah, this thing's going to be here on the shelf for like, probably another like six hours before somebody comes and picks it up. But they said that those stag guns are like flying off the shelf, especially the green ones. Um, but it is beautiful, amazing hmm. trigger. Um, yeah, no, it's a very cool gun. So sorry to jump the gun on you there, Ava, for the, that gun you, that you have. Coming. No, it's, I did get to see it. It was, I know. Well, when you said the green one, I was like, cool, and I picked the FDE. But who knows? Maybe that one is even prettier. We don't know. Well, when they said it, it just reminded me you were talking. You're like, should have I picked the green one? Should have I picked the green one? So I know. I that. But no matter the color, they said they're going quick. So uh, Which, yeah. in fact, brings us to our main topic. Today we have two sort of sides to it. And... Um, we're kind of going to be going over what is the best gun for home defense on the handguns and rifles side, why a handgun may be better, why a rifle may be better. And then after an ad break, we're going to move into the second part, which is shotguns for home defense and the role that they play. Because, you know, there is really something for everybody. It's not like one of these three categories is going to be the end all be all. So we're going to kind of talk about the pros and cons possibly from our own perspective. Again, we're no like, professionals on ballistics or anything like that, but we're going to give our own opinions on handguns, rifles, shotguns for home defense, which are best and kind of when and why. Yeah. So for handguns, Ava, what are your thoughts on handguns for home defense? So I definitely, and I've said this in previous episodes, I would definitely go with something that's full size just because of mag capacity. You're able to absorb that recoil a little bit better. It's going to be slightly more accurate Something that is uh, optic ready or already has an optic on it, possibly something that would the optics would co-witness with that red dot just in case. Because I don't care how many hours a lot of these red dots claim to have. Um, a lot of times, you know, if you leave them on, okay, the battery just went dead. Or even if it's shake awake, you know, let's say in the rear vent and actually has some sort of issue and it doesn't come on, even if it's not battery related. So I do like to co-witness um with my my red dot and then i also like a good stippling not something that's like so crazy that's gonna like tear up my hands but something that if you you know in the middle of the night you hear a noise and you go into panic mode even right now i'm drinking hot tea and i'm like why did i do that because i feel like i'm a sweaty mess <laughs> either that or i'm just like maybe i'm getting a fever i don't know 
but you know, your hands get sweaty or let's say, you know, you're, you're injured, there's blood or something like that. You want that good stippling so that you're able to get a good grip on it. And so I would probably go with, I do like the, the Smith and Wesson M and P 2.0. And then I also like that they have interchangeable, uh, palm swell. So if you have a smaller hand or a larger hand, you could change those out and, um, and adjust your grip accordingly. And I know that if I'm not mistaken, they have a steel frame. Yeah. 2.0. It's, it's actually, it's the aluminum frame. I actually like oh, that okay. one. It shoots a little bit better, I think, than just the regular polymer 2.0. But I think it's slightly deceiving because it, it only has, I think, one or two ounces more weight to it. Oh. So it's not like the, uh, the SIG, um, what is it where it's made with the stars of the T the really heavy it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's not like that where it's, you know, it's much heavier, but for some reason, the ergonomics on it, it makes, I just kind of prefer that. Um, it shoots really well, like really nicely. And I, I actually prefer the, uh, the Smith and Wesson metal over the metal competitor, which the competitor has a few more bells and whistles and is only a hundred dollars more MSRP. But in my experience, I've actually shot just the metal, just the standard metal uh, a little bit more, like a little better. And that's the beauty of a handgun for home defense is the weight and the size doesn't matter at all. In fact, mm -hmm. usually the bigger and heavier, the better, usually the bigger and heavier, the better it will shoot. Now that's, of course, there's nuance to that. But it, that's not really something you need to be worried about. Like when you're talking about carry, it's, okay, how small do I want it? Where's the perfect balance between size and shootability? You know, and like you said, just a full size will always do the trick. Yeah. Have you, have you shot, have you shot the SIG tungsten one? Because personally, I, there's a lot of SIG guns that I really do like. They, they definitely make like a nice wide range. And, and sometimes I think like for, people who go exclusive where it's like, you can only shoot this brand. I'm like, man, if I had to go exclusive with one manufacturer, like who would it be if I could only shoot that manufacturer? And I'm like, SIG comes pretty close to that. But I will say that the tungsten I wasn't really impressed with, and it did actually feel a little too heavy for me. But again, it kind of just boils down to preference. Like I know people that compete with that. That's what their home defense gun is. But I just didn't think that it shot like that much better. And the added weight, just if anything was a little more uncomfortable. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I haven't shot it. I was just taking a look at it. It's the, um, yeah, they have it tungsten infused is what they do. So, you know, the machining required to do like a solid slide out of tungsten would be like yeah. an absolute manufacturing nightmare. So it looks like they've infused it into the grip module, either into the, I don't know if it's a polymer or if it's a, uh, alloy it's, of some sort. I think it's a, I think it's a polymer, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, so that's a very interesting concept when it comes to just making a handgun as like heavy as possible. Um, but that's interesting. It yeah. sounds like from your experience, there's an upper limit. For me, so far, the heaviest handgun I've shot has been my favorite handgun. So like, I should probably try and just see how heavy until it's too heavy. Uh, and that's the Canon yeah. SFX-S, which is sort of similar to the Walter PDP, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, really good home defense. I think we talked about it earlier. I've heard other YouTubers, other people saying, hey, this is definitely... a competitor for a good home defense handgun um what about like ammo when it comes to ammo i know you don't want to be like loading up on fmj when you're shooting those inside your house and i know there's different types of 
defensive rounds you could use, hollow points, some hollow points stop faster than others. I don't know if you have any thoughts on the type of ammunition for handguns and home defense. I like the Federal HTS. I think, I mean, so I was actually with, and, and for the record, I am sponsored. I'm an ambassador, federal ambassador. Um, but I've done a little bit of ballistic testing and I had uh, a fellow federal ambassador visiting um, and we both shot a couple rounds inside your house, I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was like for sale. It was like, whatever, the house is dead to me. No, we did like um we did a um a ballistic vest testing and that was actually like really eye opening because you think like you th- you would just assume that it all kind of is like very similar but um and then also another thing that people don't think about is like if they're wearing a bulletproof vest so yeah okay maybe it absorbs that bullet but it's still that impact is typically going to damage your organs or like break a rib or something like that. It's not going to kill you typically, but it is something that a lot of us don't think about. Um, but yeah, so we were using HTS and that one, I mean, I was just really impressed with just the performance. And then after that, I was like, hands down, I'm putting that in all of my self-defense firearms. Yeah. And I know that it's, it's really interesting because there's some types of ammo that I've done um, ballistics gel test on, but I haven't tried shooting them through like some, carpet and plywood and yeah you know baseboards to see like how much they go through but from all the testing i've seen you just need to know what's behind your target because bullets just keep going absolutely doesn't matter how hollow point it is it's not there's no bullet that's just going to magically disappear if it misses your target so i think when it comes to handguns i mean except for birdshot that's like a whole other thing that we'll be getting to Mm-hmm. But when you're shooting a bullet, even a nine mil, it's going to go through a bit and it'll stop definitely faster than something like a two, two, three, but that's definitely something to keep in mind. Um, speaking of two, two, three, I want to talk about rifles for home defense because I feel like that's an entirely different story when you're getting into the rifles Yeah. from what I would assume and what I would imagine you really would want to go with something shorter. You would want to go with something if you can, that's suppressed because mm-hmm. Um, concussion shock. I don't know what it's actually, I don't know the scientific name for it, but there is a shock that can come from shooting a firearm inside without hearing protection. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to consider when using a rifle. Absolutely. So I was just going to say, I'm like, are you looking at my show notes right now? Because that's what I put (laughs) is like an SBR or, you know, something with a much shorter barrel. Um, definitely suppressed. That's something that we don't think about, but the hearing alone, like if you've ever shot at an indoor range, it's so much louder than shooting outside. So then just intensify that like by, you know, so much more when you're in your home and you have to shoot for self-defense. And then also, I'm really glad that you brought up the ammo thing because that was something that I'm like, I know that people say that they typically use their handgun well enough to get to their AR. And I guess it depends on the situation. But for home defense, I don't think that that would be the case for me because I do live in, you know, a, a pretty... Man, so like I live in like a, a decent neighborhood. It's pretty nice and upscale, but like the it's a brand new house and they're just like packing these houses on top of each other. Like I go walk outside and see eight of my neighbors, you know, like all just in one spot. So I would be afraid that if I were shooting two, two, three, five, five, six, that it would definitely penetrate. And it and it has, like, not through my wall, but my cousin actually, um, 
her neighbor across the street, they were one night, they were messing around with guns. They didn't verify that the gun was unloaded. And this idiot pulled the trigger and she was, it was the middle of the night. She's watching TV. It went through their garage door, another door, the front door of the garage, and then their closet door. And then if it would have went through one more wall, it would have hit my cousin or it would have been in the same room as my cousin. So that is definitely something to think about. So I think that instead of going with, you know, two, two, three, five, five, six, I'd probably go with like a PCC for being honest. Uh, that's true. Cause you get the maneuverability, but you get the ability, it'll stop sooner because we've seen the tests. Like yeah. A two, two, three just keeps going and keeps going. It doesn't matter if you have a short barrel, it'll just keep yeah. going. That's sort of what it does. And that story illustrates it in a really scary way. But like, let's say you live in the middle of nowhere uh, and there's, you're, there's not, you know, seven houses lined up, right? Yeah. Oh, maybe the rifle is going to be the best option. Or if you're in a house by yourself, it's easier to store a rifle unsecured, you know, or it's easier to secure a handgun, I guess I should say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you have kids around the house, maybe a handgun is going to be a better option because you can have that safe by your front door, by your bedside, all the different places that we have our guns, you know. But yeah, it's interesting to see that the pros and cons, a rifle though so much more effective it's a lot more uh, nuanced. If you can put a can on it, of course, that's always good because of the concussion. But like the situation, yeah. like, yeah, maybe you can't be shooting two, two, three if you have some neighbors on every side of you in, in every direction. So I guess those are some interesting things. Zombie apocalypse, though. Zombie apocalypse, though. That's like a different story than, yeah, I'm absolutely grabbing my AR. Huh. Zombie apocalypse, you're pretty much living in the worst neighborhood. So you're pretty much done anyway. So what would you pick then? You you said, so your pick would be the cannon for the handgun. And then yeah, what would it be for rifle? rifle? I would, yeah, probably some sort of, I would think I'd go 300 blackout. I'd go short barrel. I would, if I could just be the perfect gun, I would put it suppressed. So it'd be SBR'd, um, uh, depending on the length of the suppressor, I guess I could pin and weld it and just have it be a regular uh, rifle with a suppressor on it. Um, I think that's something that I would do just cause like if I'm going to be shooting a rifle indoors, they say like one to two shots and you can be concussed enough that you can't accurately understand the situation and what's going on. And hmm. uh, just also the hearing safety as well. So I think I would, if I was going to do rifle, I would really want to make it good. Yeah, I would pick my my IWI Tavor, which is an SBR, and I would just kind of like you, like um, you want something that's short, that's easy to maneuver if you're clearing rooms, because the last thing you want is just this like really long rifle that if someone were to standing right next to the wall and you protrude your you know your barrel past that, they could easily just take your gun. So, and and then is that SBR. I believe it's 16 total. No, I think it's 13. 13, okay. 13 total. 13 or 16, I think, total. And that's not including, you know, like, that's including, like, the entire thing. And is it suppressed? It is, yeah. What's the barrel length? Do you know what the barrel length is unsuppressed? I don't. Like, way to put me on the I'm spot, curious. you know? <laughs> I've seen, cause I've seen some interesting, I asked cause I've seen some interesting tests between the 11 and a half and the 12 and a half. Yeah. The, and the jump in velocity between 11 and a half and 12 and a half inches is interesting, significant. So I'm always curious. Um, yeah. Kind of, is it the 11 or is it like the, that 12 and a half? Cause there's apparently like a sweet spot where like your velocity goes up 
unproportional to the you know the length the length of the barrel so that would be interesting to see as well well now i feel like i need to because people are just going to be chiming in they're like first of all the sbr isn't even 13 or 12 like what i say 13 to 16 inches yeah, but people need to know that it is an SBR if your suppressor is detachable. So even if she ha- even if it's a 16-inch total length, if you can take that your can off, that is in fact an SBR. Uh, if you pin and weld it, then the ATF is like, okay, you only need your you only need to do the paperwork for the S- uh, for the suppressor. So um, right, it is a little bit a little bit. Okay, so start with that. I was actually very off, um, and I blame the Sudafed. So barrel length is 13 inches. Overall length is 22.8 inches. The second biggest jump is from 12 and a half to 13 and a half inches. <laughs> so that's pretty much the sweet spot for barrel length, if it's 223 at least. Yeah, and it is. So, all right, cool. Okay, now it's time for our last ad break, which is Rainier Arms. Guys, if you haven't already signed up, sign up to go to TriggerCon, which is this September from the 22nd to the 24th and it's three days total Daylin and then myself are going to be there in the meantime though if you're not like you're like yeah I'm not gonna you know I can't I'm not gonna be nearby or I can't fly to Kansas uh, which it does take place in Wichita Kansas um, check out their web store so they have all kinds of stuff they sell guns gun accessories gear ammo all of that good stuff and that is rainierarms.com and so that brings us to the last part of our main topic, which is what is the best gun for home defense, but specifically talking about shotguns or what are the pros and cons to possibly shotguns for home defense? My opinion on this, because um, I've thought about it, with shotguns, you can control a lot better. Um, and and in, in my opinion, they have a really, really strong uh, sort of pro. And one is that's aiming it and shooting it. So like for an unexperienced shooter, you're a lot more likely to hit what you're aiming mm-hmm. at. That being said, you're going to want to like test with different um, ammunition loads and different barrel lengths and the choke. You're going to want to make see the distance from where you think you'd be shooting it to your door and figure out the spread. But all that being said, it's a pretty catch-all good option for like somebody who's not super experienced. And you could tune it very well to somebody who's a new shooter if it's something you wanted to do. Uh, what are your thoughts on shotguns, Ava? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually don't really have a lot of experience with shotguns. I know how to use them, but that's the gist of it. Um, but I agree with you. Like, you don't have to be as accurate, you know, depending on what load you're using. If it's birdshot or buckshot, I wouldn't use slug um, for self-defense. I mean, you could even just kind of put, you know, both birdshot and buckshot. Um, and it also has more stopping power, especially if you're using, you know, birdshot. But I also am like, because I don't use it for home defense, but I'm kind of like, okay, so would you go with the typical, like, you know, pump action? Because everybody says that the most recognizable sound in the world is just that, you know, like when you go to like, you know, load your gun or would you go with maybe a semi-auto where you're going to have more, you know, load capacity. So I don't know. I mean, there's lots of different options and unfortunately I don't really have a, a solid answer for that just because I, my knowledge is as far as shotguns go, or it's pretty limited. And yeah, no, totally. What I would, what I would say is, um, 
if you have the money, a set good, only spend the money on a semi-auto if you can afford a good one. You don't want a cheap semi-auto to, to mm-hmm. kind of put your life, if your life's on the line. But a pump action is a really good option. And what I really like is the mini shells. Oh, so yeah, that's a good point. Has these shorty shells. And I've seen the ballistic tests on these. It's number four buck, which sounds very anemic. But I've seen the patterning. You get really tight patterns from even like a Mossberg shockwave. And they penetrate the 12 inches that the FBI recommends. But you're getting like something like, uh, let's see, 15 pellets. They all penetrate that 12 inches. So like it is putting some serious hate downrange. That is a lot. And you're not going to get like massive expansion wound cavities, but you're getting 15 pellets in your head. Pretty insane. I'm so jealous that you have that. I actually, I don't even have that, and I'm sponsored by them. Although, I mean, in my defense, I think I would only get what I um, have requested, but I'm totally requesting those now. But yeah, definitely pull it out just to show user viewers, like especially if you're tuning in on our YouTube channel, just the size of these, because it's like, I don't know if. See if I can get it to focus, so you. I know. Because. There we go. Oh, there we go. So it's, yeah. At first I was like, it kind of just looks like a solid piece. So I'm like, I don't understand the whole 15 pieces, but now that it was able to focus, it, it looks tiny. like. The cool thing about these mini shells is you can put in almost twice as many, not quite, but you can put in twice as many. You just need to make sure you have a gun that can uh, load them reliably. The Mossberg 590S is a really good option for these. Um, S for short shell, it will reliably load every single load <laughs> and shell under the sun. It also has a little less recoil too in those. Something to Way think less. about. So if you're, yeah, if you're, if for a new shooter or an inexperienced shooter, this will do it. And they've engineered these very well because you have to get the patterning just right. And you have to be able to get that energy out of the shorter shell. And I think Federal, in my opinion, from all the reviews and tests I've seen, has the best short shells. Um, so they've really knocked it out of the park. And the number four buck, which I would normally say no to as being too small, would work very well in a home defense situation. So that's something else to keep in mind when it comes to, you know, shotguns, if you're going to use it for home defense. Yeah. Yep. Well said. All right. So now I think it's time to wrap up and talk about listener of the week, which our listener of the week, also uh, the person who left us a review. And unfortunately, I'm actually really bummed. Like we haven't even received any reviews, which is weird because I see like, you know, I've seen our downloads and I see even the views on YouTube and you guys are definitely watching. So um, yeah, I'm a little bummed, but we've decided to kind of up the ante and that is to do some giveaways to kind of encourage you guys. So Sven from Manicore Arms was nice enough to give us some extra slings. And we are going to be giving away a sling, not the next show, because we're actually going to be recording back to back because, well, I'm sick and I just kind of, we have, we've been gone. You were gone. I was gone. Um, so we, we have to record two shows back to back, but so not next show, but the following show, we are going to be picking a lucky winner to win a sling and we're just going to pick it randomly. So you guys can write whatever you want. Um, but this is, you know, some encouragement to get active and, uh, and leave us a review. And that is on, uh, iTunes. 
So if you have an iPhone, it's incredibly easy. All you have to do is go to the podcast app, search for Pew Pew Panel, scroll down, you'll see where it says review, and then just leave us a review. You know Ava's been podcasting for a long time when she calls it iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen iTunes in a long time, but it is. It's just that old grandfathered system, the um, podcasting app. Tell us something you like about the podcast, and then tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe like a hobby that you like to do, uh, maybe where you're from, and then we can share that with the review. That way you guys get to hear a little bit about listeners, and if you leave a review, it's possible you know we'll share that on here, and everybody will get to learn a little bit about you. So definitely do that as well, um, and that helps the channel tremendously. It helps the audio podcast, um, do all the things for engagement, share, comment, but definitely leave that review. And we didn't get very many people doing it last time. We got zero. So there's a high mm -hmm. chance for the um, giveaway that we're doing. So if you know these slings are something you guys want, definitely leave that review. Yeah, which who doesn't want an extra sling, you know? Especially a good quality one. Um, I do want to highlight some of the reviews, you know, some of the comments that we got on our YouTube channel. And my favorite was like a guy who talked about his dog named Ming Ming. I thought that was funny. Just the name cracked me up. Um, oh, there was one guy that uh, decided to call me out and say that High Point Sky and 40 Cal, 40 Cal is not a gun, which I'm aware of. Thank you. Um Sorry that you took it out of the wrong context. Not sorry. And what else? Like, what are what were some of the other ones that you read that... We got one that I put down here because we were talking about our favorite gun, so I thought I'd highlight this really quickly. And this was actually a review left by Scotty P952. He said, favorite gun owned the P90. It's stupid and impractical, but it is cool, which I do have to agree with. Uh, sort of an impractical gun, but it is very cool. He said, favorite gun not owned, the Barrett MO, uh, M107 for the same reason. If you want to be practical for some reason, I guess I'll be boring and say Glock 19 because parts, holsters, and accessories are so easy to find and it's concealable, but still big enough to shoot at the range and enjoy. That's, that's very true. If we're going impractical, those are some fun guns. And then practically... The Glock 19 will always get the job done. So thank you for leaving that comment. Those are some of the comments that we got from you guys. So make sure to drop your comments while you're watching this and give your input when it comes to different guns for home defense, handguns, rifles, shotguns, your opinions and experience on those. Definitely leave us a review. Anything else from you, Ava? And then also feel free to ask us questions. Again, our email is pewpewpanel at gmail.com. And I think that's a wrap. 